I thought I'd have to choose between an IT degree and certifications until I found WGU. There I earned both through one program. WGU prepared me to earn certs from CompTIA and others at no extra cost. WGU IT bachelor's and master's degrees have no set class times. Rather, students progress at their pace, completing as many courses as they can each six-month term. I graduated faster, and you could too. Learn more at WGU.edu. Howie Politics and State Affairs Pro offer insider election coverage, polling, and analysis in Indiana. Our nonpartisan news and legislative tools create a winning combination pro subscribers can't live without. For all the resources you need this election season and beyond, visit pro.stateaffairs.com slash in. That's pro.stateaffairs.com slash in. Hey, hotties. Welcome to our newest, most badass podcast, Smoking Hot Flashes, a podcast about menopause produced by Badassery Life. I'm Kelly Young. And I'm Stevie Stace Kirsch. And Stevie and I started this podcast because, well, we found ourselves bitching about menopause to each other and realized nobody was openly talking about menopause. And we have questions, so many questions. And we figured if we have questions, you probably have questions too. So we decided, why not start another podcast, create a safe space where we can tackle the down and dirty, get a little uncomfortable and not just get in the weeds, but go behind the... Get, go behind the bushes, right, Stevie? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, thanks for being here, listeners. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for going along on this awful menopause journey with us as we talk to experts, real people, women, and men, because, of course, men are a part of menopause, too. Everybody's affected by this. Each episode will feature our guest and a wide range of context and experiences that we hope you, our listeners, will find beneficial, thoughtful, and fun. With that said, we'd like to welcome Marie to the show. She's a clinical hormone coach, HRT physician educator, perimenopause and menopause specialist. She's also a strong advocate for estrogen and optimal estrogen levels in women. And we'll let Marie say a few things about her as well, too. But Stevie, hormones. I know. Hormones, hormones. Marie, hormones is a big topic, and we're excited to have you on the show We have some burning questions, but first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how and why you are so passionate about menopause, hormones, and so much more. Well, Stevie and Kelly, I really appreciate you having me on and hello to your listeners and the support and congratulations on your new show. Yeah, it's it's a great topic to talk about because not a lot of people are. I think it is something that needs to be talked about. I got into menopause and hormone balancing over about about 20 years ago. And when I went to a doctor who wouldn't write me prescriptions for my antidepressants, he told me he didn't treat the side effects of estrogen deficiency that way. And I found that very interesting that he actually gave me a reason I had depression and anxiety. So uh, I just found that really interesting. We ended up working together in a hormone clinic uh, very soon after I became a patient, um, what I noticed was that there are a lot of different hormone replacement therapies, but they didn't all work the same. And different hormone therapies work differently for different women. And that hormone therapy was really a, a tool 
that was used and it was up to the doctor to find the right tool to get what they wanted done with the hormones with regards to reaching levels. And then when I watched doctors start dialing in these hormone levels, uh, I noticed that there was a certain trend in the way women were feeling and what they were saying. And the more optimal levels they were achieving, the better women were talking about feeling. And so it really blew my mind what I was seeing. And then I started on hormone therapy myself and now experiencing what I was seeing in the hormone clinic. And I just found it very fascinating that you can give a woman hormone replacement therapy and it completely changes who she is depending on the dose that she's given and how consistent it was. So it really, it's piqued my interest so much so that I just started to really dig into some independent research on estrogen and estrogen deficiency diseases and really digging into finding good hormone replacement therapies that are designed to fully restore hormones in women to get women truly hormonally balanced. So it's a bit of a different journey than most people have. Well, it's interesting that you say that, Marie, because I was doing some research today and what you just touched on. So I learned a that 1.2 billion people right now are affected by menopause. And uh, most of the doctors out there, even now, are still prescribing antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications for women who are currently in menopause. That's insane. I guess the part that's very insane, it is insane. This should not be the course of treatment. But part of the problem is our medical society, the, the whole medical establishment looks at menopause as a condition that women, as if it's a condition that women experience. And then with this condition, there are all these symptoms that is caused by menopause. But what I learned was menopause is a symptom itself. It's not a, it's a, it's actually a a one day in time of a woman's life. It's the one year anniversary of when she stops having a period. That's meno is menses and pause is the cessation of the menstrual cycle. And this can happen to any woman at any age. uh, Women are put in chemical menopause when they're put on hormonal birth control. Most women have never had healthy functioning ovaries to produce enough estrogen and progesterone to feel good. They're usually put on some sort of antidepressant, especially in menopause. So as long as doctors look at menopause as a condition with symptoms, that's how they're going to treat it. But if we can address menopause as just another side effect of estrogen deficiency, well, that changes the entire game. That changes everything. It's now oh, we're not yeah. talking about a condition. And that's where what really intrigued me as a clinical hormone coach is, oh, if we treat menopause... If we can just restore a healthy menstrual cycle in women or preserve it as long as possible, then the brain and body don't fall apart in the same way that it would if the women were were deficient of estrogen and other pertinent hormones. So it's part of my goal is to educate women on looking at menopause as just one more side effect of ovarian dysfunction. 
Yeah. All right, Kelly, you're up because I know you've got a question. I know that one of those burning questions. Well, I, I had a couple of them, but then I, I was going to I'm going to shift because my original question has now changed. But it, it is what you're talking about now taking us down that road of hormonal balance. Like, what does that really mean? And how do women get there? Yeah, having a healthy menstrual cycle and optimal hormonal balance is pretty much the same thing. The goal is to see each hormone, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, thyroid, melatonin, all the hormones that we have as women, each hormone uh, is designed to perform. And depending on the level it is in the blood, say if estrogen is low, you can pretty much guarantee the woman is going to have depression. She's not going to be able to lose weight. She's going to have anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, muscle atrophy, low libido, low energy. It's pretty, it's very predictable. What's also predictable is when you restore hormones and to each hormone's optimal level where that hormone performs its best, that's also predictable. Women who have optimal estrogen levels do not get depression. They don't get anxiety. They don't have well menopause. They don't have perimenopause. They don't have PMS. They don't have headaches. They don't have migraines because those are all the clinical indicators of estrogen deficiency and progesterone deficiency and other types of hormone deficiencies, most of them anyway. And then when you restore the hormones and the hormones are all functioning together, wiring together and working together, then these sim the symptoms just don't exist because now the symptoms are gone because you fix the root cause. So true hormonal balance is when every hormone has been restored to that hormone's optimal functioning range and maintain it there. And then when you do that, the processes of the body start working the way they're supposed to. The digestive system, the menstrual cycle, the brain, the body, the circadian rhythm, everything tries to fall back into a healthy place. So women, that's what really true hormonal balance is. But so Mary, talk to us about the hormonal sweet spot and the four phases of the hormonal sweet spot and what happens in each one of those phases. The hormone sweet spot is pretty much where all the hormones are restored into their optimal range. This is when all the hormones are performing good, the brain is working, and the body is working. But getting to that place is there is a technique and a process for achieving that. You don't just give a woman a bunch of hormones and it works out that way. It is a phasic process that women go through. The first phase is really preparing the body for hormones. When a woman takes therapeutic dose hormones, therapeutic dose hormones are prescribed in a way that the doses actually trigger responses in the brain and body. It's not a low dose. It's not designed to manage the symptoms of hormone deficiency. It's of a dose that actually gets rid of the hormone deficiency altogether. So there are no symptoms to manage. And so as you give a woman hormones, you slowly titrate that dose up over time. When you do that, the woman's body responds. So when she starts taking hormone therapy, she'll feel it within an, about an hour. Some of the things that she feels within about an hour is an increased mood, being happy for no real good reason, can't figure out why, and it's not going away. Laugh, laughter. <laughs> it's a side effect. Feeling good. I like that side. Wait, so you said laughter is a side effect? Tell me more. Well, what happens is what's really interesting, like 
the first phase of this is women's bodies respond for the first time in a lot of women's lives. They get a taste of what it's like to have plenty of estrogen. And it makes women feel good. And they're happy really for no real good reason. And they find themselves laughing again, happy. The women say, I've heard of joy, but I don't, this is the first time I think I've ever really experienced joy. Like they're now identifying with these happiness saying, this is, I'm happy. I can't remember the last time I even felt that way. And so it makes them curious as to why is my brain working? It's like the fog is lifted. And and I'm talking about this happens within about an hour. And then the longer women have therapeutic dose hormones, and as you optimize those hormones, the body responds across the board. It's not like it only works for some women. And so that's why I say estrogen is dependable. And so at each phase, the woman experiences different things. The joint pain goes away, insomnia goes away, the libido comes back, the body is changing composition, the um, energy is back. And so as through that process, there's the foundation process where you're building the foundation of the hormone receptor. So the woman feels really good in the beginning, the second phase, and then it fades out until you increase that dose. And in the second phase, her body experiences more, better more profound, less mental illness, better physical function until a place where she reaches the homeostatic place of the sweet spot where all of her hormones have been dialed in at the right dose. And then this is when the body really gets to work uh, with healing and repairing the brain and the body. It's a process, but once you get a, a person, a woman to her hormone sweet spot, the goal is to maintain it there for life. Now I'm going to, yeah, I love this. It's a little overwhelming. And I'm going to ask a question about that, but I'm also going to, I'm going to lighten it up a little bit because we've said (laughs) sweet spot and hormone sweet spot. And we were talking laughter and joy. And Stevie, I thought when you were talking about sweet spot, I was like, she say G spot. Let's talk about sex. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Right. Let's like sidetrack there to what phase is that coming back, Marie? For those of us that maybe are you struggling know, or yeah, struggling, looking for that. We're looking for a different sweet spot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. I do know what you're and, saying. And our husbands are, and partners are like, where's that yeah. sweet spot? <laughs> okay. So let me tell you how that works. When women start to get enough estrogen, the messaging that the hormones give the brain tells the woman where she is in her reproductive lifespan. So there's 12 different well, 10 phases of the reproductive lifespan for women. Women are either in their reproductive prime or they're in a state of survival. They're in one or the other, and it's dictated by our hormone levels. When you give a woman therapeutic dose estrogen, it changes the signaling to the brain on where she is in that lifespan. So when you optimize levels of women, let's just say between 350 and 550, well, her brain is under the impression she's in her reproductive prime. So what starts to take place is the body starts to prepare for this. So the libido starts coming back with the happiness, the joy, the wanting to be around other people. The estrogen starts to affect the physical body where the nipple clitoral stimulation starts to take effect. The pheromonal exchange of the energy between masculine and feminine starts to happen again or happen at all for the first time, then the clitoris responds 
the vagina becomes moist and it starts to plump up because everything, the messaging of the hormones tells the brain she should be this person. So the body physically tries to make it happen. And so over time, whether it's through pheromonal exchanges, a sexual response, better clitoral, clitoral orgasms, better orgasms in general, women tend to masturbate more because they're not afraid to touch themselves and they're more stimulated. They can be stimulated as sexually stimulated just by a thought, just by a pheromonal exchange from across the room. When you bring on estrogen and progesterone, the two main sex female hormones, it gives a woman this libido of, of, a, of, of it's a sensuality libido. It's a sexuality. It's a feminine libido where women feel more beautiful. Her skin is changing because of the estrogen. Her body is changing shape and composition. She's sending out a pheromonal exchange. She's having vaginal responses and moisture responses just by looking at somebody across the room. And then when she does have sex, she gets a better orgasm. Uh, she gets a better sexual response. She has more lubrication. And then when she brings on testosterone, then now that gives a woman a different libido than the female estrogen libido. It's more of a drive type of libido. And when you combine these hormones together with the feminine sensuality libido that women get with estrogen and then bring on the testosterone, kind of a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, the libido, you bring those in. Well, then the body does this on purpose more because it ensures life that women are more likely to get pregnant when you pull all these together uh, when a woman is in a reproductive prime and because the hormones are telling the brain, the woman's in a reproductive prime, not an old lady. Then the, this, these are how this is how it happens. Oh, Marie, sign me up, whatever you need. I'll send you <laughs> my bank account number, whatever it takes. Well, there's so the many that you're talking about. I'm like, I remember those days. I remember those days. I remember those days. Yeah. And I'd love to get back to those days. Well, it's all about the hormone signaling. And so when the, this is why I go back to estrogen is dependable. When it's low, women don't want to have sex. They want to, They don't want to spread their legs. They don't have orgasms. They're drinking wine to try to loosen up. But, and they can't, it's just not working anymore. Yeah. And what's nice, what is so nice is to be able to have random sexual thoughts throughout the day without being told to. That it just happens. That's like, oh my gosh, I have a sex drive. I want to get it on. I want a nooner. Yeah, it's like it's so, you are like, if my husband is listening, he's like, Marie, get my wife's <laughs> up, baby. Like, let's have a nooner. It's he's a like, life. And this, this is part of why women feel happy because they just, there's so many ways it increases serotonin levels, dopamine levels. It just, the pheromonal exchange, not just the feminine sexual pheromonal shooting that women send to men, but the testosterone reciprocal uh, chemical response that women get. So the more optimal estrogen gets in women, the more drawn to the testosterone levels in men in the room. Let and me ask you this, Marie, because I keep hearing that optimally when the hormones are all vibing together your body sent a message that, you know, that you're in prime you're, for, yeah. so is there a risk of with estrogen being at a, at a, a good level again, is there a risk of having a period again? 
I'll tell you, when I was told, when I, we were first learning about rhythmic protocols on how to restore a menstrual cycle with HRT, a rhythmic protocol, I'm like, who? why would I want a period again? My periods were horrible. I had endometriosis. I lost jobs, boyfriend, behavioral issues, you name it because of periods, pain, migraines, low libido, mood swings, anger outbursts, those sorts of things. The thought of having a period again, and if that was required, it really threw me off. I wasn't really interested. But then I started to learn that the period it's so non-incidental compared to what you get with it. It's like, it doesn't really affect you. It should be, period should be a light to moderate flow lasting no more than five days uh, with a peak around day three with no PMS, no mood swings, no pelvic inflammation, no hot flashes, night sweats, none of those things. Those are all symptoms. And like PMS and PMDD, we're all told that those are normal. Those are all symptoms of estrogen deficiency. So that also gives us an idea how long a woman's been estrogen deficient. So those are all the things that we try to fix with this hormonal balancing. We, the biggest complaint that we want to hear from women, which we do hear quite a bit was, oh, I started my period and I didn't even know it. So it's like, well, you did because you stopped taking your progesterone. You knew you were going to get it, but it's no, I didn't have PMS. I didn't have headaches. I wasn't moody in the days that didn't lead up to it that were so miserable before. Yeah. So yeah, when we've noticed that women feel their best when their estrogen was in a certain range and that brought back a healthy menstrual cycle. And yes, you cannot have a menstrual healthy menstrual cycle with a good HRT system. You just won't get all the benefits that it offers. We found that women were freer of disease, mental illness, diseases, conditions, when they kept estrogen at optimal levels. And yeah, there is a big cancer question with this, which I ask and everybody asks, but the question I usually come back with that is, how many young women do you know that get breast cancer? Yeah. How many pregnant women do you know that get breast cancer? Because estrogen can get well over 5,000 when women are pregnant. And you don't see a high breast cancer incident rate. Yeah. So what we're going to was talk, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to make sure that we because I know we're going to talk about cancer in our next episode with you too because that was a that's a hot topic mm-hmm. that several of our menopausal friends want to ask too. So we have about five minutes left with this episode here too, and I just I maybe close us out with trying to understand. It seems at least for me, and I'm new into like understanding the hormones and getting balanced and I'm a hot mess for the record. Like I'm so low on all of this. I'm fine. And, and, and I'm new down this path, but I'm going to get there. I know it's going to take time, but where do we start? Right. Like, so if somebody's listening in and maybe it feels a little overwhelming, where do you start to? And I know there's different places. So I don't want to put you on the spot to say, get with a hormonal coach, get with this type of doctor or whatever, but even just understanding what the different types of hormones are. Yeah. And I'm sorry I didn't get into the different types of hormone therapy. We can do that if you want to. But women need to understand estrogen. That's the first thing. The starting place is deciphering out the misinformation because as long as doctors and women are afraid of estrogen or don't know about it or don't know understand how it works then they'll always be deficient because doctors won't prescribe it and women won't take it if there's a generalized fear and so you have to figure out where is that fear coming from 
Is it warranted? And what's the truth? How many, what, what's the truth? And that's where I started off with all of this. I want to know the truth. What is the truth here? Does estrogen really cause cancer? If so, well, I've worked with thousands of women over the years, and that's all I've worked with was high-dose therapies. And I, that just hasn't really, I wouldn't be in business if high-dose estrogen therapy caused cancer. None of the doctors I work with would be in business because this is all we do are therapeutic dose protocols. So what we've seen is a reduction of cancer, a reduction of mental illness, a reduction of the diseases that women are told that they have to live with. It's just a lot of mental health issues that just don't exist. And I'm not saying that women don't get mental illness outside of estrogen deficiency, but most of women's mental illness diagnoses stem from a main sex hormone deficiency. And so I just think that the best place to start is educate yourself on estrogen. And then when you learn more about it, then you'll learn how to find people who know how to use estrogen as a tool to change brain and body function and overall health. Interesting. Gosh, there's so much misinformation out there and it's so accessible. Yeah, because people come at this from, oh, let's treat menopause as a condition, all the women. No, if we look at menopause as a side effect, it completely changes the business, the, the whole how it's treated, how it's approached. So yeah, when I train physicians, the first question I have them ask their patients, first question out the gate, tell me about the history of your menstrual cycle. Because that gives the doctor an idea about how long a woman has been estrogen deficient. How many physicians do you train and how what's that schedule look like for you? Well, I'm actually pivot, pivoted my business into just training physicians right now. I don't take on too many clients and just really on a case-by-case -case basis, patient clients, because I've, I work with about, about 10 physicians across the country who do telehealth. Okay. However, we're coming across a real problem with, I've loaded up their practices there. I don't have, I'm running out of physicians. So I'm training a new set of physicians who want to learn how to not just use low dose therapies that they actually want to restore hormones. They don't want to spend their career selling supplements to manage the side effects of hormone deficiencies that they can fix if they just figured out how to do the hormone therapy. So yeah, so right now training physicians is where I'm, what I'm working on now. So right now I'm recruiting a cohort of physicians so I can train a group at the same time. Too bad you can't wrangle them all up and take them to some ranch somewhere and just educate everybody at one time. <laughs> I could, I actually, I could, yeah, I could do that. The part in the recruiting is interesting because not all doctors are open. There's so much fear. And so conventional doctors are not even open-minded enough, but doctors who have had that type of functional medicine or naturopathic training is a good foundation to get started. And at least that gives a baseline for me to work with. So I can tell them what to unlearn in functional medicine and what the truth is. And what's nice about physicians learning this is it doesn't take long for a physician to see for themselves what actually happens to women when they're give when they dose the hormones correctly. Every time they make a dosing change, increase or decrease, the, the body and brain will respond. And so it takes a while for them to learn how, which hormones make the body respond this way and how much is this. And so I teach them how to choose an HRT system uh, to meet the clinical goal of what that patient is looking to achieve. 
Wow. Well, this has been a great conversation. And if you have more time, we'd love to hop back on the on a call with you and talk more. I know we want to maybe okay. address some of the hormone therapies and uh, I'm sorry. I'm so long winded. I, I know you're great. You're great. I love it. Again, this is new to us. There's a lot to learn and we're just excited to have your expertise. So we're going to close out this, this episode, part one of the podcast. We'll come back with a part two to talk a little bit more with you specific, specifically about those hormones and maybe hormone replacement treatment and cancer too. We appreciate this time. Appreciate everybody for listening. Stevie, you want to close us out? Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, of course, rate and review us. Invite your friends to listen and together let's get hot and bothered about menopause. Smoking Hot is a podcast produced by Badassery Life and edited by Chris Spangle of Leaders and Legends, LLC, which provides podcast advice and editing. Follow us on social media at Smoking Hot Flashes and email us if you have a burning question or a guest you want us to hear or talk to on the show. Marie, thanks so much. We'll talk to you here in a little bit. Okay, sounds good.